You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Today, as we move into this new series, we're going to go all the way to the other side, almost near the end, and we're going to look at a passage in the New Testament book of Hebrews. So if you would, would you take your Bibles and open them up to Hebrews chapter 11, and once you're there, just hold your place. We'll come back to that passage in just a little while. So open up your Bibles, or if you're going on your phones, or whatever it might be, to Hebrews chapter 11. And while you're turning there, uh, let me ask you a question. And um, I, I actually, I want you to think about it just a brief moment, and then I want, I'd love some response from you. I want you to think about your average day. In the process of your day, any day of the week, um, how many decisions would you guesstimate that you make on average on any given day in your, in your week? Think about it a moment, and then let me hear from somebody. How many, how many decisions do you think you make? No stupid answers. 30,000. 30, Somebody else? Just, 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 what's the first thing that came to your mind? A thousand. What else? We got from a thousand to 30,000. Anybody got any in between? I feel like an auctioneer right now. We got it. So, so listen to this. This is research based. There's been some research and through the uh, the research, it's been concluded that on average, um, an adult makes, it, it, you're pretty close, James, makes some 35,000 decisions every day. Think about it. In the process of your day, this is research, driven. this isn't just an opinion, but in the process of your day, on average, you would make about 35,000 decisions every day. Uh, that same research would show that a, a child uh, would make about 3,000 decisions every day. So what we know from that, that as we get older and our responsibility increases, so uh, does the, uh, the amount of decisions that we're faced with increase. And every single decision that you make is connected to a choice. Every single decision is connected to a choice. Now, I realize these numbers might seem unreal, uh, but, but a, little bit of, a little bit more research. Cornell University did a study, and, and in their study, they concluded that a, 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 a person makes just in one day about 267.7 decisions just about food. Some of you are saying, I make more than that about food. 267 decisions alone uh, uh, about food. In other words, uh, life is filled with choices. Every single day is filled with choices. But it's not just about what to eat, but we, we're faced with decisions. What time will I get up? What, what, I, what will I wear to work? What time will I arrive at work? Well, where will I go out for lunch today? Will I, will I cook dinner or lunch? Will I cook lunch or dinner today? Or, or will, I, will I go out and eat? Um, uh, how am I going to handle that challenging person at work? How am I going to handle that, that challenging situation? How am I going to spend my money? You see where I'm going? That, that list goes on and on. That's just a small portion uh, of that list. And so what we know is life is filled with choices. Life is a matter of choices and every choice you make makes you. You hear that? 
Every choice you make, every choice I make, those choices make us. In other words, choices carry consequences, either good consequences or bad consequences. The ability to choose is a God-given gift, but it comes with an obligation. And the, the expectation is that you and I would be good stewards of the choices that we make every day. Everything in our life is a reflection of a choice that we've made in the past. So if there's some aspect of your life that you're not satisfied with, and you want a different result, if you want a different result, then you've got to look back on the choices that you've made and go forward and make different choices. That's the only way you're going to get a different result. Let me summarize it like this. Life is filled with choices even more than we realize. We have the ability to make good choices. We have the ability to make bad choices. And the choices that we make shape our life experiences. Who I am today is the sum total of every decision that I've made. So the same is true for you. Who you are today is the sum total of the decisions that you've made. So it tells us that our choices really matter. So um, we're in this series, I Choose, and today we're going to deal with a specific aspect of that. So to, to kind of focus us towards the, 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 the aspect of choices that we want to make today, for just a few moments, I want you to use your imagination. Um, I want you to imagine, imagine that everybody likes you. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Imagine that everybody likes you. Imagine that everybody approves of you. Imagine that no matter what you do, everybody thinks you are awesome. Now hold on to that for just a minute. Imagine that. How does it feel? It feels good just to think to live in a world where everybody approves of you. I'm glad that I could make you feel good for just a moment, but I'm going to pop your bubble. It'll never happen. It's not possible. It's impossible. You will never go through a period of time in your life where everybody likes you and everybody approves of you. But I want you to use your imagination again. And this time... I want you to imagine this, waking up every single day with such a burning passion for Jesus Christ, such a burning passion in you to know him, to know about him, to know what it means to follow him, with a burning passion to please him so much that the approval of others no longer matters. Again, such a burning passion for Jesus that you don't care. You don't really care what other people think because you know you're living for an audience of one. And I want to tell you this morning that that is possible. And it's actually the choice that God wants us to make. So today, the focus of choices is we want to learn how to choose purpose over living for the approval of others or learn how to choose purpose over popularity. Um, let me say this. 
while choosing purpose over the approval of others, purpose over the uh, approval of others, uh, popularity is good and right and noble and beneficial. Uh, trying to live this way, it also comes with an associated problem. And the problem is, is that no matter how hard we try, there's something in us but that by default, we tend to do the opposite. Instead of trying to live beyond popularity, beyond there's something in us that causes us to want to live for the approval. of. And the reason this problem, I believe, is, exists, it exists when we don't have clarity of the purpose for which we were created. When we don't have clarity of why God created us, then rather for living for the approval of God, we live for the approval of others. I want to see if I can illustrate this a little bit. So I brought a few props this morning. I'm going to um, show you a few things and I want you to just tell me. Uh, I've got two groups. I want you to just tell me what, what, what they are and what they're for. So what is this? Paintbrush. What do you do with a paintbrush? You paint. You paint a piece of furniture. You go paint the wall. That was easy. What was this? Paint roller. What do you do with it? Kind of same thing, but you roll. You know, with this you're going to brush. With this, you're going to roll. Anybody know what this is? Squeegee, what do you do with squeegee? At our house, this means this would be in the shower. And once the shower's done, you have to squeegee the water off the glass doors. That is a must at our house. So, so those, those were easy, weren't they? And, and the, per, the point I'm making, I got some more I'm going to show you, but the point I'm making is when you know the purpose of something, when you know the purpose for what it was created for, then you can use that thing for that purpose. Does that make sense? Okay, let me take this a little further. Um, the next group of things I'm going to show you, if you do know what they are, we, we acknowledge now you're smart, but don't say, okay? Does anybody know what this is? I feel like show and tell at school. Does anybody have any idea what this is? Matt wants a closer look. Any guesses? Somebody said that. Actually, my wife said that in lesser, so you're wrong. <laughs> Good guess, but you're wrong. Somebody, what is it? Somebody else said something. It's okay. We won't laugh at you much. Somebody tell me what do you think it's for? To hold liquid? <laughs> Wouldn't work. One more guess. Matt, Matt, you're working on something. Well, you're all wrong. Um, this is a clothesline tightener. And some of you are saying, what is a clothesline? It's a clothesline tightener, okay? Um, this one, some of you may know. If you do, don't say, what is this? this uh, okay, somebody says spring. It's spring-like, but that's not, not really what it is. Anybody know? A slinky, that slinky. You're not going to go down the stairs. It's going to... Suspension coil, that's a great guess, but you're wrong. Anybody else? So this is, you put a piece of corn down in here. It's, it's for deer. It's to attract deer. It's, it's, a, it's like a 
uh, you, uh, Aaron's going, can I have that when you're done? And the last one, I realize some of you probably will know. Again, if you know, don't say, does anybody know what this is? So somebody who doesn't know, would you guess what it is? Like, like you put in the sink? Great guess, would it work? <laughs> well, no, it's not the bottom. So it's, it's an, it, it's an, it is used on a hummingbird feeder. It's an ant catcher, you know, what? because what do you put in a, a hummingbird feeder? It's, a, it's sugary, so the ants come. So this is to, they, they're attracted here. You put some of that water and they're attracted here. So the, the point I want to make is this group of things, it was much easier to determine what they were so you know how to use them. But this group of things, if you don't know, you'd have been trying to water your lawn with it. Um, uh, somebody else would have been trying to hold water with it. Um, and Matt was trying to do something with it. It, it wouldn't work. It, it, and so when we know the purpose of something, we can use it for the intended purpose. But when we don't know the purpose of something, the only thing we can do is guess. We can experiment. We can try to figure out what it's used for, but we won't be using it for the purpose for which it was created. We have to have clarity of purpose. Um, uh, if, if you don't know the purpose of something... Um, how do you go about finding the purpose of that thing? Do you go to the thing and ask, thing, what's your purpose? Well, yeah, you can do that. You don't go to the thing. If you want to know the purpose of a thing, what do you do? You go to the creator of the thing, right? You go to the creator and you say, can you tell me what this is for because we can't figure it out? And he might say, well, at our house, we had a clothesline and it was always drooping. And so I created this thing so we could tighten it and the clothesline would always be tight. And you go, oh, I have the same problem. I can use. So you go to the creator of the thing and you ask, what's, what was this created for? What's the purpose? And, and then you know, and you can use it for what it was created for. So when we don't know the purpose for which God created us, when we're questioning that, uh, what do we do? We go to the creator. It's a simple solution. We go to the creator, God, the creator, and we say, God, would you show me the purpose that you've created me for? <laughs> and guess what? <clears throat> He's so willing to do that. But instead of taking the simple route, we, we actually, so often, too often, we depend on other things to help define our purpose. We, we do something like, hey, hey thing, I'm a thing, and I'm not sure what I was created for, so can you tell me? And, 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 that, that, and we go about it in the... We just do it in the strangest way. We, we try to find out our purpose from other people and we do it by asking questions. Do you like me? Did you like what I wore to church on Sunday? Do you like my shoes? Um, do you like my, um, my artwork? Uh, hey, did you like those pictures I posted on Facebook? Did you like me? I hope you did. Like, do you follow me on Instagram? Why don't you follow me on Instagram? Do you think I'm important? Do you think my job's important? Do you think I'm valuable? You see what I'm going? We go to people to try to define our importance. We go to people to try to determine what we're created for. So if enough people like my picture on Facebook, maybe I should be a photographer. You, 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 I mean, 
you, you see where, where I'm going? And it's just such a simple solution when we can, really, we can, we can go to God. If we're not careful, what we find before we know it is we're living to live for the approval of others. Am I good enough? Do I measure up? Do you, do you approve of me? And listen, throughout our lives, we can live, we can choose to live for the approval of others, or we can choose to live for the approval of God, but you can't do both at the same time. You can't live for the approval of others and live for the, live for the approval of God. We've got to choose one or the other. We all have to make a choice. We can choose popularity. We can choose the approval of others. But if we choose that, you have to know it comes with negative mental and emotional responses. But more importantly, it comes with negative spiritual responses because living for the approval of others keeps us from the purposes of God. Keeps us from the purposes of God. Moses is a great example of someone who made the right choice. Moses is an example of a person who chose purpose over the approval of others. Purpose over popularity. He, he was clear on his purpose from God and he used that purpose as his uh, compass in life. And so, typically, we would go to Exodus to find the story of Moses. Actually, beyond Exodus, but we, we find much of it there. Uh, but also, we can look to the passage in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26, to get uh, really a summary of his life. And I'm going to read that to you in just a moment. But before I do, let me just give a little context about Moses' life. And if, you, if you've been in church a little while, you, you know the story. But let me, just, let me just set the groundwork. So, Moses... Uh, was a Hebrew. He was born into a Hebrew family. And because he was born into a Hebrew family, basically he was born as a Hebrew slave. And he, he was born in a time where Pharaoh was very intimidated by the amount of uh, Hebrew males that were being born. So he declared, he, he, he proc made a proclamation that every Hebrew male <coughs> uh, two and under would be annihilated. And really what he did is he instructed the midwives when they're coming out, you take care of it right then, but they, they refused. Uh, Moses' parents were very aware of this plot, this scheme. And so they took Moses and they hid him in a basket in the Nile. And Pharaoh's daughter found him. And so suddenly, Moses, this baby, has been adopted into Pharaoh's family. And he is raised as an Egyptian prince. He's raised just like he's a son of Pharaoh. And because of that, he has every comfort available to him that you could imagine. He had it all. But what we find is that in his adult life, he made a choice. And he chose God's purpose for his life rather than living for the popularity or the approval of other people. So let me read to you Hebrews 11. You can follow along. Uh, Hebrews 11, verses 24 through 26. It says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Listen to this in verse 25. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. So, so what, what did it say? Moses chose. And what did he choose? 
he chose to no longer be regarded as the son of Pharaoh. In other words, as the son of Pharaoh, everyone would look up to him. And he, he said, I'm, I'm going to forsake that because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to live for my people. I, I, I'm going to follow God's purpose in my life. So Moses has chosen popularity. I mean, he's chosen purpose over popularity. He chose comfort, uh, calling over comfort. He chose the right way over the wrong way. He, again, he chose uh, purpose over the approval of others. And uh, this is what the, this is the choice that God wants us to make. But this choice, uh, it, it comes with a struggle. And the struggle that we make when we're, tr when we're working, when we're trying to tr uh, choose purpose over popularity is we get confused. And, and there's this struggle between big P purpose and little P purpose. Let me tell you what I mean. Big P purpose is God What's your purpose for my life? What did you create me for? And we go to the big things. Uh, missionary, pastor, martyr. God, what is, what is this big thing that you have for my life? And, and God does have big P purpose for our life. I, I really believe that. But we can't be so lost in trying to figure that out that we miss the little P purpose. The little P purpose is what God has called us to in the moment. In other words, the little B purpose is when we're aware of our circumstances. We're aware of what's happening around us. And we're able to say, God, I see a need. How, what do you want me to do? What would you want me to say? How would you want me to engage? And in that moment, when we will ask we'll discern, and then we'll act on what we hear from God, then we're working out, we're living out our purpose in the moment. Uh, Henry Blackaby, if you've studied any of his stuff, he talks about finding the will of God. And he says, if you want to know the will of God, look around and see where God is at work and join in. And then you'll be, you'll be, find yourself in the will of God. You'll be carrying out your, your purpose. A little p purpose could be something like this. Maybe uh, you encounter a person at work and they're going through a really hard time. And in that, you, uh, you share uh, something maybe that you read in your devotions that morning. You might share a scripture, something that is encouraging to them. That's God's purpose for you in the moment. That's his little p purpose. Or um, maybe uh, you have a family member who is uh, just in what seems like a hopeless situation and you share the hope of Jesus Christ. Guess what? That's God's purpose for you in that moment. Your neighbor is sick and you take the neighbor a meal. Guess what? That's God's purpose for you right in that moment. You serve at church on the parking team or you help Pastor Trish or Pastor Nick. You help Lisa. You, you serve in some area. Guess what? That's God's purpose for you in that moment. We're doing what God created us for in that moment. If we don't have clarity... If we don't have clarity in this, then we'll never really fully live out the purpose that God has created us for. 
When we understand, when we have clarity of purpose, then what we realize is there's great power in God's purpose for our life. And that's how I want to close. I want to just walk you through several things that represent the power of purpose. Uh, And we're going to draw a bit from Moses' life still. So I'm going to read a passage to you. You don't have to turn there, but it's in Exodus uh, chapter 7. And I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read actually 13 verses to you, but I'm going to read it in two groups. Um, Beginning in verse 1 of chapter 7, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God uh, to Pharaoh and your brother, you and your brother will be prophets. You were to say everything I command you and your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart and though I multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt, he will not listen to you. Then I will lay down my hand on Egypt with mighty acts of judgment. I will bring out my divisions, my people, the Israelites. Uh, And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. So what we see in those first seven verses is that God provided clarity of purpose for Moses and Aaron. Then we read on, we see this. The the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials and it became a snake. Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers and the Egyptians Um, Egyptian magicians also did the same things by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff and it became a snake, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart became hard and he would not listen to them just as the Lord had said. So what we find, the power of purpose is that purpose instills confidence. In the first seven verses, Moses was made aware of his purpose. And so what we see in verses 8 through 13 is that with confidence, because he knew his purpose, he was able to carry out what God had said. These were very adverse times for Moses. And yet in the midst of the adversity, because he had uh, confidence, uh, he was able to do what God had called him to do. Um, I also want to read to you, just drawing from Moses' story, I want to read to you from um, Numbers chapter 12, and I'm just going to read two verses. In chapter 12, it says, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they ask? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Um, Do you see what's going on with Aaron and Miriam? They're, they're comparing. They're, they're comparing. Why does Moses get all the breaks? Aren't we godly too? You know, what, what's going on here? Listen, comparison, when we get lost in comparison, it keeps us from the purposes of God. But the power of purpose is that purpose diminishes comparison. When we have clarity of our purpose, that we move with confidence and we're not concerned about what other people are doing, what other people are saying. Uh, again, when we have clarity of purpose, uh, whether it be big P or little p purpose, it diminishes the distractions. Um, 
Another great thing about the power of purpose is that purpose pushes you through the pain. Purpose gives us motivation to push through the pain when things hurt. When you are committed to living out your purpose, when you have clarity and you're willing to move with confidence, um, there will always be pain. There's always going to be, there's going to be resistance. It was true for Moses. It was true for David. It was true for Esther. Uh, it was true for Mary. Uh, it was true for Jesus. And it's true for us. And here's the reason why. We have a spiritual enemy who does not want us to live out, to carry out the purposes of God in our life. And so there will always be resistance. But when we have clarity of purpose, we can move through with confidence. We don't have to compare ourselves to others. And, and, and we, we can push through the pain. That's the power of purpose. And then finally, when we have clarity of purpose, the clarity of that purpose empowers us to please God. I want to read you uh, just one more verse from Hebrews. I'm going to read verse 26 again. It says, speaking of Moses, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Um, Moses was intent to move on with his purpose because he had clarity. He was willing to fight through the pain. He was willing to move through the resistance because he understood that there was a greater reward. And the reward was the fullness of Jesus Christ. And the same is true for us. When we have clarity of purpose, we can recognize that what's here on this earth is not all that counts. But instead, we are living for the eternal reward. There's power and purpose. Um, to close this up, I want to just share just another, something that occurred in my devotional time this morning. Um, as I was reading, I was reading in the Gospel of Luke, and I'm uh, Luke chapter 19, and I found the story of Zacchaeus. Probably all know the story of Zacchaeus, probably sang the song. That'll be stuck in your head all day. Um, and here's what stuck out to me. Zacchaeus knew that Jesus was coming. And the scripture tells us that he had a desire to see Jesus. The problem is he was lost down in the crowd. He, he was a, a wee little man. He was, he was a God give us for the choices that we've made in this way. And I want to encourage you, if, if, if God is bringing things to your mind that, that are there you need to, to repent of, to, to do that right there, right where you're sitting. Lord, there's other of us who are making choices today. We're faced with decisions and we're not sure which way to go, but uh, God, I pray that you would give clarity. That, that, that even if it's not the popular decision, even if it's not one that uh, we get excited about. But God, if there's a conviction in our heart that that's what you're asking us to do, Lord, let us be able to make that choice, Lord, with a sense of purpose and determination. And uh, Lord, in that, may we find joy and peace and contentment. And Lord, if there's anyone here who needs to surrender their life to you and to submit to you every area of their life, Lord, may they make that choice this day as well. Lord, uh, we are a product of our choices and the choices we make today will influence who we are tomorrow. 
Lord, help us to make good choices and right choices. Help us to make wise decisions, I pray. Now, Lord God, I ask for your blessing and favor to be upon each one here. And uh, Lord, that you would give them wisdom, give them discernment uh, as they make choices. And Lord, again, may you show them favor in all that they do, I pray. And so, Lord, we continue to put our lives into your hands and trust you in all things. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Living for the approval of others. Even though we don't want to. Get it again. Checking Facebook again. Oh, look how many likes I got on that. That's all about approval. It really is. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray for you. Father, I believe that there is great desire in us as a people. And I also know that uh, it is challenging. Uh, We're challenged every day about the approval of other people. I pray that each one of us would have clarity of our purpose, our little p purpose, purpose in the moment, and that with our desire, we would rise above the crowd. We would rise above the others that we're seeking approval from so we could see Jesus clearly and have that encounter with him on a daily basis. I pray that you work that. Show us how to do that. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I have, I have another question. Uh, are you here today and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you, have you, have you ever, have you, have you failed to say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I need help. I believe Jesus died for me. I confess my belief by faith. Jesus, I want new life in you. I want to start my life all over. I want you as Savior. Is there anybody here and you've never done that, but you want to do that today? If so, would you just lift up your hand and let my eyes catch your eyes? Is there anybody? Father, once again, I thank you that we are a people who know you. We also pray for all those people outside these walls who don't know you. Help us to be soft and light when we leave this place. Help us to live out the gospel and to use words when necessary. Um, And Father God, I pray... This has been our prayer that you would send people to us in our weekend services that we can tell the gospel story and help them experience new life through you. We anticipate this, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.